Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor Tyson Harold, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. Thank you for being here as a part of our second week in our series on prayer. Today we're going to look at praying like the Apostle Paul. And if you have your Bibles, go ahead and flip over to Ephesians chapter 6. We'll be there in just a moment. There's an old story told that Satan was having a going out of business sale. And as he had this sale, he had everything lined up. Probably, I think, like the Covered Bridge Festival, lots of things that are overpriced and nobody wants. Um, lined up there. He had the usual ones like greed and selfishness and envy and strife and murder and lust and all the things that Satan uses to distract us are laid out. And over in the corner, though, there was one tool that looked like it had been used more than any other tool. And that particular tool had a higher price than any of the other tools that Satan had used in the past. And can you guess what it would be? It was the tool of discouragement. And as they asked Satan, they said, well, why is that one listed at a higher price, and why is that the one that's been used the most? And Satan said, if I can't get him to do anything else, if none of the other tools work in my arsenal, the one thing I can do is slip in some discouragement, and I've taken them out of the game. And specifically, when you think about praying today, isn't that the case? Where a little bit of discouragement, the question of, does God even hear my prayer, or does it really matter if I pray, Or if he's in control, why pray anyways? Or he never answered the prayers like I thought he would. Those thoughts of discouragement and doubt start to creep in. And in my life, I've had seasons of success around prayer, and I've had more seasons of failure around prayer. But discouragement often works its way into our lives when it comes to how our prayer life is going And Satan gets us off track, and the one place that we should be able to go, we choose not to go. The reality is, is that in Romans chapter 12, verse 12, Paul says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. We're called to be faithful in prayer. And even though we don't actually fully understand prayer, we know that the one who we pray to is worthy of our prayers, And we also know that he's the power and the help that we need. I think one of the reasons that prayer is so hard is that we have an enemy. It's proof that it it is effective and that it works. It's because we have an enemy, and his goal is to destroy our trust in God. Years ago, I was talking with uh, Pastor Dwayne Llewellyn. Many of you know him. He is the pastor of Mount Stewart Church in Jamaica, which is a partner church of ours. And I asked him, I said, why do you think it's so hard to pray, or, or how can I pray better? He prays a lot. And so I was just talking to him, and he described Uh, Christians who don't pray as crippled Christians. And that image has stood out to me for a number of years now because he's like, you'll make it to the end of the day, but you'll be dragging your leg along. You'll make it through probably whatever you're going through, but you're going to do it in a crippled way. And so that image has always stuck with me that Satan loves to discourage us, that we're when we choose not to pray, we're naturally crippled into the effectiveness of the God has called us to. Well, in Ephesians, Paul understood the certainty of what we're dealing with, that God is in control, yet there is an enemy that's out for our soul. And in Ephesians chapter 6, he says this in verse 10. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. 
Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So the reality today for you and I is, is that Satan loves to discourage us in regards to our prayer life. And we are in the middle of a battle. What you're facing is not just a bad Monday. It's an enemy who's out to destroy your trust in God. And so when you think about this, Paul is trying to help the church in Ephesus, and he's trying to help you and I today understand that this is a lot bigger than what we see. There is a battle going on that we cannot see, that yes, God is absolutely in control, but yet there is a battle that's happening all around us. Satan's scheme of discouragement around prayer in particular is to get us not going back to the source of power. If you look at verse 10 there, it says that be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and to put on the full armor of God. If you grew up in church, you know these next couple of verses really well because you were taught to put on the full armor of God. If you remember the, the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and there's all of these things that we're giving to take our stand against the devil's schemes. But my fear is, is that we understood all of those tools, but we neglected the last one that he gives, which is prayer. And so if you've never read Ephesians chapter six, I'd encourage you to do that on your own time this week. But for those of us that have, you recognize that's there. Go down to verse 18 and look at what Paul says. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I'm an ambassador in chains, and pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So Paul says, look, there is a battle going on. You can't even see it. It's, it's not against flesh and blood. It's against the rulers of the air. It's against principalities. It's an old word that's thrown in there sometimes. That's who our battle is against. And he gives us the, the six different ways, right, to, to stand against that. But then he says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer. Prayer is not just the seventh piece of armor that we've missed out on. It's the foundation. And for us, we're trying to fight a battle with tools which are helpful, but we have to start with the foundation of prayer. That is how we defeat Satan's attacks. It's important to have all of the the armor that he listed before, but sometimes I think that we've struggled, at least I've struggled. I always remember being taught to put on the armor of God. I don't remember being taught to pray, or maybe I was sleeping that day and didn't pay attention. But for you and for me, we have got to pray. There are some things that only prayer works on. If you think back to Mark chapter 9, it's one of the best uh, instances of this in the New Testament. Do you remember what happened in Mark chapter 9? There was a boy who was demon-possessed. And the disciples were told, if you just cast him out in Jesus' name, the demons are going to flee. And so what did they do? They got around the boy and they did that exact thing and it didn't work. And they came back to Jesus defeated and they said, "What? why on earth did this not work? And what did Jesus tell them? This type only comes out by prayer. And so prayer is a big deal, and Paul gives us six things to pray for today. If you struggle with prayer, let me just tell you, you're not alone. Satan loves to discourage us specifically around prayer. If you don't know how to pray, we want to teach you a little bit of how to pray today, and and Paul gives us six things to pray for today in verses 18 through 21. He says in verse 18, and pray in the Spirit 
on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Right out of the gate, we, we were faced with this pray in the Spirit. And what does that mean? What's that look like? This is not some sort of transcendental move to pray in the Spirit and some weird thing that we don't understand. It's actually really clear. We know from earlier on in Romans that even when we don't know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf, which is such a comfort to me because I'm probably not praying for the right things all the time. I'm sure you're not praying. for. We're selfish people. We're going to pray for what we want. And so the Holy Spirit is praying on our behalf. And what Paul says is he says, look, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all requests. This is where God reorients our heart to his. And we need to ensure that our prayers are in alignment with what God is praying. To think of it this way, don't just pray in the Spirit, pray in accordance with the Spirit. Or pray in alignment with the Spirit. So that what our prayers are would be similar to what God would pray. Let me give you just one outrageous example. For those of you who are married, let's say you have a a bad week with your spouse and you decide you're going to pray for a new spouse. That's probably not a good prayer. Now you can pray for your spouse or better yet, pray and make sure you're not the problem. Right, but we're not going to pray for a new spouse. That's not in accordance with the Spirit. You, God gave you a, a husband or a wife. You're to love them until he calls you home, and that's the prayer you should be praying, to, to pray in the Spirit. Now, if you're single and you, don't have, if you want to pray for a spouse, knock yourself out. We'll join you in praying if that's what God wants you to have, right? We'll do that, but that is what it means to pray in accordance or to pray in the Spirit. We want to pray in alignment with what he wants us to do. And Paul says, look, when you do that, you're going to pray for all things. Right? If you are taking notes today, uh, pray about everything. There are four alls in the first verse. Pray about everything. There's all kinds of prayers. There's prayers of uh, request. And by definition, a request can be denied. Right? We don't make prayer demands of God. We make prayer requests of God. We have prayers of adoration and prayers of confession. There's prayers of thanksgiving or blessing or healing. And Paul says in verse 18, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and all kinds of requests. Pray pray about everything. You can pray in short little sentences. You can pray in long out times together. There's, There's really not a whole lot of definition to what it looks like to pray. You can thank God for the beautiful colors you see all around you. You can thank him for where you're, you're, you have a car that gets you from A to B. If you don't have a car that gets you from A to B, you can pray about that. You can pray about anything. And what we've limited prayer to is this very minute portion of our lives. And we're frustrated because our prayers typically are the help me, bless me, keep me, give me a good day. And those are fine things to pray. I would encourage you to pray those things. But if we're going to widen this out to what God wants us to pray for, what Paul is suggesting we pray for, we've got to move beyond that. First off, pray about everything. He says in verse 18, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the, all the people. That phrase, with this in mind, or some translations have it a little bit differently, what's he talking about? With this in mind, what he's hearkening back to is in light of the fact that there is an enemy that's out for your soul, right? With this in mind, be alert and keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Today, we're going to take some time at the end of our services to do that, to just pray for each other. And if you have a prayer request today, I would encourage you, there should be a number on the slide behind me, text the word pray to that number, and by the end of the service, it'll show up on the screen, and we'll pray for each other during the end of our service. If we're going to pray about everything, if with this in mind, with the fact that we're all under attack, we should be praying for each other more than what we typically do, or at least more than what I do. Maybe you're praying for us all, and I don't know it. 
But for most of us, if we understand the type of attack we're in, so I would encourage you, send in a request. You can leave the names off if you want to do that, if it would make you feel better. God knows. But we're called to pray for one another. We're called to pray for other people, especially believers. What's it say? Be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. If you struggle to pray today, can I just encourage you to start praying for other people? I use uh, Evernote on my phone. And if you tell me a prayer request, it's not uncommon. I'm not texting somebody. I'm writing it down because I'm going to forget. The other thing that's been super helpful for me that I've learned over the years is if you ask me to pray for you and we've got time and it's appropriate, I'll just pray for you right there. Because why not? Why wait till some special time? Let's just do it right there. That's what works for me. Uh, What also is helpful is when I pray for others, it moves me beyond myself. Right? Paul says, with this in mind, pray for all of the Lord's people. You know, the greatest prayers we can pray for each other and the people that we love around us are around spiritual issues. We live in the safest world that's ever existed. We got a helmet on everybody. We got a seatbelt on everybody. Like, if you're praying for safety, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to pray for, but we are, check, right? We pray for comfort and blessing. You're welcome to pray for those things, but we live in the most comfortable society that's ever existed. We live in the most blessed society that's ever existed. So what would it look like for us to move beyond the help me, bless me, keep me prayers into, look, with this in mind, that there's a spiritual attack out, that Satan is coming for your souls today, what would it look like to pray for each other in that way? It's okay to pray those things. And a lot of times we get into the routine of praying for those things, and that's okay. But we also should be praying for each other because with this in mind, the fact that there's an enemy who's out to to seek and kill us, pray for all the Lord's people. Take a look at verse 19. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. The the third thing that we're going to pray for is to pray for me, but not in the way you think. Paul says, look, uh, pray for everything, pray for all the Lord's people, but pray also for me. It's okay to pray for yourself. Sometimes you're the only person praying for yourself, right? So it's okay to pray for ourselves, but look at what Paul says. Paul says in verse 19, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. This doesn't mean that you can't pray for yourself, But I want you to think today on how you pray for yourself because it matters. If I was Paul, which I am not, my prayer would be, get me out of prison. That would be be my prayer. He doesn't pray for that, or at least doesn't seem to start with that kind of prayer. He prays what? In verse 19, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Paul wanted to take advantage of wherever he was, in whatever circumstance, that that he was going to make known the mystery of the gospel. For you and for me, as we pray this week, we've got to understand that God is trying to work in and through us if we will allow him to do so, to, to not only share the good news of Jesus Christ, but also to be a blessing to those around us and a whole host of other things. If we are stuck only in the things that immediately affect us, we're going to stunt our prayer life. And Paul says, look, pray also for me that I would be giving words and and courage, which is the next thing that he prays for. Pray for words and courage, right? Pray for words that I would have the words to fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Some translations say fearlessly, some say boldly, but what we're called to pray for is words and courage. Now, this is what I find really interesting. 
the greatest evangelism evangelist of all time, isn't sure what to say, and is scared. If he's praying for words and courage, think about that. Paul, the greatest evangelist of all time, is, doesn't know if he has the right words to say and is a little bit scared. When I think of my own life and I talk to many of you, it's like, well, I don't, I don't know what to say when it comes to sharing my faith. It sounds like you're right where you need to be. I, I, I don't know if I could do that. That seems really daunting, and I'm not sure I could accomplish that. Sounds like you're right where Paul is and where we all should be. And so we're to pray for words and courage. It's interesting, uh, in 2 Corinthians, Paul gives a defense of his ministry, and some people started to attack him. I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10, it says this, For some say his letters are weighty and forceful, but in person he's unimpressive and speaking amounts to nothing. There were people that are attacking the greatest evangelist. The reason that we're here today is obviously because of God, but it's because of the work that Paul and the other people set out to build churches and to reach the nations. And people were saying, you know what? He's not that good. Now, we know that he really was, but it's not about him. And it's not about you. The greatest evangelist ever was scared, and he was called to boldly or fearlessly. He must have had some fears. I've uh, seen this happen a number of times in my own life as I seek to share the gospel. There's words that I said that I can't tell you what I said. I don't know where it came from. This is what they told Peter, right, and Stephen in the the book of Acts. He said, don't worry about what you're going to say when you appear before the local magistrates. Just be ready to declare what God has done. And so as Paul is praying... My prayer would have been, get me out of jail. Paul's prayer was, give me boldness and give me courage, give me words to say so that I might declare the mystery of the gospel. What's the mystery of the gospel? Well, I think he wraps it up in uh, chapter 2, verse 11 through chapter 3, verse 11. If you want to go back and read Ephesians 2, 11 through 3, 11, the mystery of the gospel, I think that what he's hearkening back to is, first off, that God loves any of us but then that he would use the church and that he would wrap in Gentiles and Jews and he would do all of that, right? But the mystery of the gospel for you and for me, at least part of it is that God loves any of us and that he sent his son to die on your behalf and that he was raised from the dead. And look, I don't, I don't want to scare you today, but if you've been investigating the claims of Jesus and I mean, things are not getting better in our world, I don't know what's happening, but I can tell you that at least in some respects, some of the prophecy around Jesus, especially the one I can think of, is that there would be wars and rumors of war. That seems to be taking place. Much beyond that, I'm not sure. But if you've investigated the claims of Jesus and you're, and you're waiting today, can I just encourage you, what's holding you back? Salvation is today. It's available to you and to me. And Paul says, look, my goal when I pray is so that people would hear the good news of Jesus and that they would make that decision to follow him today. And if you've never done that, we want to help you with that. We want to help you understand what it means to follow Jesus. Go on to verse 20. It says in verse 20, for which I am an ambassador in chains, pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Um, the most effective ambassadors are not the ones in prison. They just aren't. The most effective ambassadors are the ones that are able to, to go and talk to the ones who are the most in control. Yet, Paul says, look, I'm an ambassador in chains. It reminds me that Paul is going to make it use of wherever he's at, in whatever situation he's in, 
And as he's praying or he's asking for prayers, he says, look, I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I should declare it fearlessly as I should. It reminds me where Jesus said that he would take the foolish to shame the wise and the weak to confound the strong. An ambassador in chains seems like an unlikely success. Yet, what do we know? He's chained to a Roman soldier for most of his day, if not all of his day. And what happens? God takes the most influential evangelist of all time and puts him in house arrest for two years. This is not a winning strategy for those that are into strategy. But in God's eye, this was the place for him to be. And I don't know where you find yourself this week, but it's where God wants you to be, at least for today and at least for this week. Now, maybe a couple weeks from now, maybe he's going to move you around. But for right now, this is where he has you. And so if you're going to pray for something, can I just encourage you this way? Pray for those you're chained to. Pray for those that you're chained to. You hate that job. You hate those people you're around. Like, pray for them. Start there. Paul happened to be an ambassador locked in chains with a Roman soldier. And what do we know? We know that he shared his faith often, that people would come and see him. He had some, actually some privileges that most prisoners didn't have. And so pray for those that you're chained to. Wherever he found himself, he shared. Who do you spend the most time with? What do you spend the most time doing? For some of you, you never leave your house and it's with your kids. Okay, pray for them. For some of you, you're out in spheres that we'll never reach. The very least we can do is start praying for those people, that God would open up that door. I don't know, with Paul, if he's already praying that he needs words and he's scared, I don't think it was probably his first thought to be like, well, I'm here now in jail. Uh, I guess we'll share our faith a little bit. No, he was probably discouraged just like you and I are because Satan loves to discourage us. Uh, The reality is, though, for you and for me, some of our most intense spiritual warfare will happen when we try and share our faith. It just will. When you're trying to pray, buckle up. There's going to be a lot of distractions coming your way. When you're trying to share your faith, buckle up. There's going to be a ton of things that are coming your way. That is fully to be expected and should not surprise us. The last thing, what does he say? Pray that I would declare it fearlessly as I should. The last thing we should pray for is boldness. We should pray for boldness. The reason that prayer and evangelism is hard is we have an enemy, but we should still share boldly. And the reason why is this. It's his power. It's his message. It's his redemption. It's his love. It's his forgiveness. It's his grace. It's his kindness. It has nothing to do with you. So when people reject you, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting him. We're just ambassadors. And we find ourselves chained to a group of people that maybe nobody else is going to reach. And so when you think of what Paul has called us to pray for, right? He tells us to pray about everything. He tells us to pray for other people, especially believers. He tells us to pray for himself, but not in the way that we would normally think. He tells us to pray for words and courage. We're to pray for those that we're chained to. And lastly, we're to pray for boldness. And you may say, well, what about the rest of life? Look at verse 21. I never noticed this till this week. Tychius, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you may also know how I am doing and what I am doing. These were the six things that were most important for Paul to ask for prayer for. 
And it's interesting because the letter to the church in Ephesus was not just to the church in Ephesus. It was meant for them to be to read it, and then it was to be circled to all the other churches. So we know that almost every church in the first century got a copy of this, or a majority of these churches got this letter. And his prayers are among those six things that I gave you this morning. But there was more. There was more. What does it say? He says, Tychius is going to fill you in on the details and will tell you everything so that you may know how I'm doing and what I am doing. Everything else that Paul did, I'm sure that he wanted to get out of jail. I'm sure that was probably like seventh or eighth on the prayer list. Right? It had to be. But the first six things were the most important things. And Tychius is going to come along later and he's going to share, hey, you know what? Paul's really discouraged today. Somebody pray for that guy. Or Paul is sick today. Somebody pray for him. Or Paul's been struggling in this way. And so I love this, that Paul gives these are the most important things. But it wasn't that everything else was not important. It was just these were the things that rose to the top. When you think about what you pray for, you've probably got your grandma's cat or whatever else that you're normally praying for. And that's okay. But I think what Paul's calling us to do is to raise some of those things up. Some of the things that are more eternal. Some of the things that are more consequential, the fact that we are under assault at every level, those should be the things that we raise up to the top of our prayer list. If you struggle to pray today, can I just tell you, you're in good company. When I was a freshman in college, I wandered myself into a prayer meeting. And don't ask how I did this. I just ended up in a prayer meeting. Didn't realize where it was or what it was. I would not have went if I realized what it was. And I worked, walked into this prayer meeting, and they said, hey, you're here for the prayer meeting. I'm like, oh. I'm like, well, I guess I should pray, so yeah, I'll stay in there. And there was a guy there. His name was Kyle Eastup, and Kyle said, hey, thanks for coming out to the prayer meeting. And I said, yeah, I didn't mean to come. And he's like, okay, that's fine. I said, how are we going to pray for an hour? I, I can't keep concentrated for more than like two and a half minutes. And Kyle sat there with me and taught me how to pray. It changed my life. And we prayed for like the next 45 minutes of things I didn't even know you could pray for. If you struggle with praying, can I just encourage you that like find somebody else. There are people here that would love to help you learn how to pray. And it's not as bad as it seems. Because I was the same way going into that prayer. I'm like, no, 45 minutes. (laughs) I'm like, how can I get out of here? And it turned out it, it absolutely changed my life because he taught me how to pray in a way that was just natural and just a part of my normal day. And there certainly are times that we need to set aside time to, to pray, but what does First Thessalonians say? Pray continually, right? So this is not some, we've, we've made this so much harder than it has to be. And we find ourselves so frustrated and so upset and so discouraged because Satan's like, all I gotta convince him of is it's a long time and it's gonna be boring. And he's taking you out of the game. So don't do that. Today, what I want to do as we wrap up our time, it's not good enough just to talk about prayer. We got to pray. And so that's what we're going to do. And so I invite you just to pray for a moment. And I want you to ask God a couple things. God, is there anything in my life that stands in the way of me and you? And here's the thing. I know that through the Holy Spirit, he's going to reveal that to you. You will not hear an audible voice from God right now, but you're going to know exactly what that is. God, is there anything that stands in the way of me and you? Is there any way that I could be praying for other people? And just ask God those questions here as we close our time. And then hopefully if you all turned in some prayer requests, they're going to show up on the screen in a minute. And Abby and Kathy are going to come lead us in some prayers for those. If not, it's going to be a short time and you can pray for whatever else you want. But I'm going to give you just a few minutes to just ask God a couple questions around that. And then they'll come and lead us in prayer over some of the other things that you all have presented today.
Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to come to you this morning as a, as a body. Lord, we pray that you would help us to fight through the discouragement that we do suffer around prayer. Help us to be faithful to you and to the commands that you've given us. Lord, this morning I want to pray for um, the marriages of, of our body. And um, we know how how hard it is to to be yoked to someone and i pray that you would um give us all give us all your peace give us all wisdom give us all grace um as as the marriages in our church um try to grow and glorify you we pray for the salvation of of family members you have placed us in in families and those bonds are deep, and they can be painful, and um, especially when the people we love don't submit to you. So, Lord, I pray for those who you have placed in our lives who don't know you. Help us to be bold and to pray for them and to share your word. We pray for those who are struggling with addiction, and um, God, we know that you are the one who can set us free. And that even though those battles may go on, um, we know that you you love each and every one of us and want us to be free and free in you. I pray that you would uh, provide people to, to speak into the lives of those who are struggling with addiction of all forms. Thank you, Father, for loving us and caring for us and uh, being near to us. And Lord, we pray for opportunities just in our local community, Lord. Um, We ask specifically that you give us eyes to see the needs and hearts to want to serve. God, that your name would be great and that we would magnify you in our everyday, if it's at our job, if it's in our homes with our families, if it's random connections. We pray for that, Lord. And we also lift up to you our children. God, they're so near to us, but we know that you love them more. And so we ask that you give us as parents just wisdom and how to disciple them to love you. We ask for humility, that we would apologize and show them that we too are just trying to follow you. We pray that you would save them at young ages. God, that they would never know a day that they don't are madly in love with you. That they would cling to your word as the only truth. And Lord, we also pray that our children and and those in our community would find a home church. And we thank you that your body is not just here in Danville, Lord, but we do pray that um, you would make it known where you lead uh, us, Lord. And we thank you for Westbridge and just for our leaders. We pray for them, God. We thank you for their service and for their hearts to shepherd us. And God, we also pray for the church worldwide. We know that we're not just limited here to the U.S., God, and the comforts, and we pray for those today who are maybe discouraged because they don't have the opportunity to meet with other believers and be encouraged. We pray that we would bring them to mind often, and that we would be burdened to pray for them, Lord, that, that your word would go out so your name would be great. We ask all these things in your beautiful name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.